0: Thank you for listening to the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care Podcast. For copyright and disclaimers, as well as information about how to contact the iCritical Care staff, please listen to the notice at the end of this podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Savell. Today we have an opportunity to speak with Dr. Mark Hall, MD, incoming chair of the SCCM Accreditation and Online Learning Committee, the group responsible for the development of LearnICU.org. Since the website's launch, the site has grown into a huge repository of critical care resources, both from the society as well as from outside resources. LearnICU is expecting to move away from its beta version to unveil the full functionality in October of 2011, and promises to serve as the go-to clearinghouse of information for professionals from all backgrounds and levels. Dr. Hall is currently a pediatric intensivist at Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio, where he is an assistant professor of pediatrics, Ohio State University College of Medicine. Dr. Hall is with us today to give us some background on LearnICU.org, its place in SCCM's overall educational strategy, and to provide us some instruction on how to best navigate this website and resource. Thank you again, Dr. Hall, for being here today.
2: You're very welcome. Happy to be here.
1: Um, I, I wanted to begin by letting you provide the listeners on maybe an update on what's going on on LearnICU.org. It seems like every few months when I recheck it, its, it's organization continues to improve and, and uh, becomes a little intimidating in terms of where to, where to start, so maybe you can help uh, walk us through it.
2: Sure. It is, as its name would imply, a clearinghouse for where to find educational activity about critical care medicine-related opportunities. The Learn ICU website is, first and foremost, a repository of SCCM-owned content that really spans the spectrum of interests within the critical care community. Um, Over the years, the society has uh, generated a tremendous amount of educational content with the list of programs growing uh, pretty much every year. Until now, though, I think it's been relatively difficult to find specific content items or to even know that those items exist. Um, The the main goal of the Learn ICU program, which, as you said, continues to evolve month by month and year by year uh, in its development, uh, was to centralize SCCM educational content and create one user-friendly platform that the critical care community could access to search for and use educational content.
1: Well, and uh, as you and I were talking about before, Dr. Lipset focused last year is this is to be from many people's perspectives, the primary function of the Society of Critical Care Medicine. Uh, She was almost explicit about that, right?
2: Well, that's right. And uh, 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 this is one of our, our greatest mandates, I think, is to uh, disseminate knowledge about uh, critical care medicine to people both within and without the society, really ac- across the spectrum of providers.
1: And uh, before we get to the next talking point, I, I'm lucky enough to be working at an academic medical center. And you hear all the time from medical students, nurses, respiratory therapists on up, they're always looking for, where should I go to try and find this? There aren't. They were always asking me, you know, are there great textbooks and things like that? And, and, and one of the problems is the, the textbooks become out of date quickly, and, and that's why I, I sort of share your excitement about using a site like this to really make sure that the most recent approaches are available at the, at the click of a mouse, right?
2: Absolutely. I must say I have a relatively selfish interest in this as well. I'm a fellowship program director, and uh, I'm always looking for uh, places to find good educational content for my fellows. And I'm hopeful that, that residency program directors and fellowship program directors alike will um, learn about the Learn ICU website and uh, become comfortable in, in pulling content down from here uh, to uh, use in their curricula and, and to, to help uh, move their trainees forward.
1: Well, again, I, I know this is radio, but again, from talking point two here, maybe you could uh, give it some examples of ways to most efficiently use the new uh, Learn ICU website.
2: Well, absolutely. First and foremost, I'll, I'll encourage people to try it out. Uh, go to the LearnICU.org website and and play with it and see what see what they can find. Um, but. Uh the Learn ICU website is, in general, divided into knowledge areas or, or topic pages, each of which is uh, populated with topic-specific content as identified by keywords that uh, have been associated with each content item at the time of its creation. Um, these, these topic pages are administered by members of the Accreditation and Online Learning Committee of the SCCM who serve to make sure that the content is properly assigned to the page and can host virtual conversations via the page's blog feature about, uh, say, future content needs and or controversy in that particular topic area. Uh, As a pediatric intensivist, I'm, I'm proud to note that the pediatric practitioners are involved in the leadership of each topic area with the consultants identified for most areas to ensure adequate oversight of content related to kids. But within each content area, when you, when you go to the page, you'll see that content is further organized by type. Now, I think it's fair to say that the largest percentage of content in the Learn ICU website will come from the Critical Care Medicine and Pediatric Critical Care Medicine journal articles, but we didn't want this website to be just about the journals. Uh, on each page, you'll see tabs that link to other specific content types, including things like podcasts and online courses and archived presentations from live SCCM events. And the, the Learn ICU user will be able to quickly and easily sort through the SCCM Offerings by reviewing specific pages, or by using a search function, which will allow them to search the entire Learn ICU website. Um, And again, uh, to to, uh, hit the pediatric intensivists, I'm proud to say that the areas that contain content items that are specific to pediatric critical care are highlighted in the margin of each tab to streamline the search for pediatric content. So you're right; it can be overwhelming to try to navigate through an enormous amount of content. But I think there are so many ways that the design designers of this, uh, this website have tried to make it easy to navigate uh, and, and find content of specific interest to the user that I think people will be pleased.
1: One of the other um, points I wanted to bring up, which is somewhat uh, related is, and we, I guess we can talk about it later, but maybe just now, is if people are interested in contributing content or contributing lectures, what are some of the ways that, that they can do that? Or, or how is the best way to go about getting involved?
2: That was one of the the chief reasons that we decided to have specific topic leaders assigned for each page. We want a human being to be uh, visible and to be a point person for content, not only the existing content on the site, but for development of new content. Through a a, a contact feature on each web page, you can get a hold of the topic leader and propose new content, whether it's proposing a specific topic item or whether you have a program that you want to specifically champion and submit webinar or some other type of online content, uh, you have the ability to interact with the leader of that knowledge area um, that can then take that proposal uh, up the chain uh, to the committee at at large and uh, make that a reality.
1: It sounds to me like it's two parts. It's this complex relational database of content that exists already. It's not just uh, online lectures, right? You said it's a real multimedia experience. Absolutely. And yet, you also want to make it uh, not just one-way, but two-way. People can interact in multiple ways. If they see uh, either errors in slides or areas where they feel they want to contribute, people are welcome to do that, right?
2: Well, that's right. I think the interactive nature of the Learn ICU website is a real strength of the program. The, the needs assessment survey that was done this year uh, showed rather clearly that the intensive care community wants more online offerings, things like podcasts, webinars, online courses, and the like. They're, they're currently in high demand. Uh, now, we have content of these types available, um, but we need more. And having this interactive nature of the Learn ICU, I think, will allow the society membership to drive the agenda of uh, SCCM's educational offerings much more overtly than they have in the past.
1: And I think one of the things that's most exciting about the initiative that you're spearheading is not unlike Google. It's not just about having the data, but having the data organized in a way that people can use, right? Correct. And uh, I think that's really just an incredibly important part of this, and it can be the the death knell of a situation like this if if you can't make a connection between the user and the content in a, in a in a rapid and easy fashion, right?
2: Well, that's right, and uh, I fully expect the Learn ICU website um, and its design to evolve over time. Uh, and again, the fact that The conversation will be a two-way conversation between the users and the uh, uh, topic leaders, and in fact, the program leaders, uh, will allow for us to adapt to the user's needs. It may be that there will be innovations in the site's design and functionality that come from the users themselves.
1: And what are you doing and I remember I was involved in some one of the other committees that was helping some of the content but making sure that the content remains up to date or or specifically with lectures I know that can be a big issue in terms of making sure that somebody is checking off you know this was last updated four years ago or things like that that can be very difficult you want to talk about that for a couple of minutes
2: Sure. Uh, that is another one of the roles of the topic leader, is to make sure that the content that's being uh, posted on the website um, is as up-to-date as it can be. Um, now, all of this is transparent in the sense that you will know when a lecture was given, uh, if it's posted uh, from, say, a previous Congress or some other educational opportunity, so you can get a sense for how old the content is. And of course, as you're you know, browsing through journal articles, you can get a sense for how old the, the, the data are. But uh, we are expecting our topic leaders to know what's on the page, uh, and to be uh, looking for new content as it comes out and make sure that it's being appropriately assigned.
1: And the the topic leaders themselves are members of the committee, or is that correct or or no?
2: That's correct. The topic members are uh, called from the uh, Accreditation and Online Learning Committee, uh, and they are people who have expressed energy and enthusiasm in uh, reviewing and administering a particular topic area.
1: And so you would recommend if people wanted to get involved, they should do the annual application process to try and get involved in some of these different educational committees, right?
2: Absolutely. We, we uh, embrace uh, interests and uh, those with energy and enthusiasm for educational uh, activities, uh, without a doubt. And as I said earlier, we have specifically targeted bringing pediatric uh, practitioners into the fold as well to make sure that um, we have uh, a wide array of uh, people who can provide oversight on a wide variety of topics.
1: One of the other important points here that we were going to discuss is from your personal perspective or what you've heard from other people, what particular resources do you find most valuable? And how would you say this is set apart? How is Learn ICU set apart from other potentially online um, critical care resources?
2: Mm -hmm. uh, Again, I I think the the needs assessment says it all, the the fact that people really wanted more online offerings that they can do on their own time, uh, on their own schedule, that doesn't involve travel, uh, but they want things of high quality. Uh, And so I think the combination of a centralized place where people can find not only the journal articles, but these new and improving and uh, growing pool of online offerings uh, is really special. Plus, I think the interactive nature that we've talked about, the fact that you can provide direct feedback to people who are, you know, have ownership um, of these topic areas is a real advantage um, over other types of programs.
1: And one of the other questions, it, it wasn't listed here, but I, I'm sure you have uh, some sort of a thought on it, is the um, sort of um, omnipresence of these mobile devices, iPads, Android devices, smartphones. What kinds of things is the uh, online Accreditation and online learning committee doing with that. Obviously, it's it's it must be thinking of something, right?
2: Well, sure, sure, absolutely. And uh, the fact that you can access uh, SCCM content from your phone or from you know from the airport or wherever you might be sitting with your device is a real advantage when you're trying to get information out relative to, to critical care educational opportunities. Uh, you can imagine uh, when you are sitting at the airport for an hour, it might be nice to go through uh, a podcast or a, a webinar, and we have the ability to do that now. And I think as we are kind of driving the next, uh, you know, decades worth of um, content development, you'll see more and more offerings that are designed to be used uh, in a much more flexible and dynamic way than has been done in the past.
1: And it, from what I understand, the um, most websites and SECm included are taking into account, being able to recognize what device is accessing it so that they can create a format that is friendly to some of these mobile devices? Uh,
2: that's quite likely. Uh, I suspect that the uh, SCCM uh, design team is is all over that. And I'll have to, to defer to them on their, their engineering aspects.
1: One of the last talking points here was letting you talk for a few minutes about what it has been to serve on the Accreditation and Online Learning Committee. What were some of the Planning and strategic thinking in terms of, from an organizational standpoint, getting this um, rather daunting project organized with the, as you said, the mandate is uh, critical care education for the world. And how is SCCM organizing that?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, it's been clear that SCCM has put a tremendous amount of resources into this part of the mission, and, and serving on this committee has been and continues to be a pleasure. I was, I was uh, blown away, and continue to be blown away by the energy and enthusiasm and resources that the SCCM staff put into the development and implementation of the educational programs for the society. I mean, the Learn ICU website alone has been a huge undertaking for a very dedicated group of staff members who have fully embraced this process and have driven it forward with tremendous momentum. Um, I think together we want to make the SCCM and the Learn ICU site in particular the best source of educational materials in the field. And I think the society has, has really owned that and owned up to that and provided us the resources to do it.
1: Well, and, and as you have pointed out, it's because you'll see um, on the Uh, On the web, there'll be like an interesting site here, an interesting site there. And it's about, you know, finding who those people are and trying to work with them and say, hey, you know, let's get this all in in one place where when a a medical student or a resident or even a fellow says, you know, where do I go? As you said, you want to make this the go-to place where you think of it online education, you think of the Society of Critical Care Medicine.
2: That's right. And we, we want to make sure that people have a, a, a one-stop shop for these kinds of tools and, and, and uh, uh, programs. But we also understand that there are good things that come out of other societies other than SCCM. There, there are good things, important things uh, that can be found in other places. And there is uh, a spot on each page for people to post links to important uh, articles or resources or guidelines uh, from other sources uh, that you know uh, the user uh, can can have and navigate to them to provide a really comprehensive list of of tools and and educational materials uh, on a given subject
1: we've been speaking today with Dr Mark Hall he's the incoming chair of the society of critical care medicines accreditation and online learning committee this is the group that is responsible for implementing and organizing learnicu.org He's a pediatric intensivist at Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. It has truly been a pleasure to speak with you, sir, and I look forward to meeting you.
2: You're very welcome. Thanks.
1: This concludes another edition of the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care podcast. Please check out our website at www.sccm.org slash iCriticalCare for more information, as well as access to over five years of
0: archived podcasts. For the Eye Care podcast, I'm Dr. Richard Savell. If you are unable to attend one of SCCM's live courses, you can view the educational sessions on your own time and at your own pace through SCCM On Demand. Videos containing both slides and lectures from our courses are available 45 days after the live event. Events such as SCCM's world-renowned board review courses and even Congress are now available on demand. For more information or to order an on-demand course, visit www.sccm.org slash store or ask to speak with a customer service representative. The iCritical Care podcast is copyrighted material and all rights are reserved. Statements of fact and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of authors and participants and do not imply an opinion on the part of the Society of Critical Care Medicine or its officers or members. Your host is the Society's Associate Editor for Podcasts, Richard Savell, MD, FCCM. Dr. Savell is the Medical Co Director of the Surgical Intensive Care Unit at Montefiore Medical Center in New York City, practicing under the leadership of Vladimir Cavetin, MD, FCCM. To contact the editorial staff of the iCritical Care podcast with questions, comments, or ideas, please email iCriticalCare.com at sccm.org or info at sccm.org.